Blog Talk Radio. FT Sports Podcast. Good evening. May 17th, 2018. C. Davis, D. Ellis, TV, A.A. Ron. We're joining us here shortly. Welcome to the show this evening, 646. Uh, what is the number? Just that fast. 646-668-2182 is the number. Uh, what a week in sports it's been from sports gambling to Free agency in the NFL, idiots not signing places. Hard Knocks gets a new team, and I feel like this is going to be America's new team. We'll talk about that. I guess it it's fitting that the Orange team is America's team for Hard Knocks with our Orange president in, in office. But I'm not going to disrespect nobody. I, I'm not going to go there. Uh, we got a lot to go over tonight, man. Um, obviously, the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference Finals have been taking place in the NBA. Tons to break down. So glad that there's no NBA games because that means you can hang out with the fellas and I. 646-668-2182 is the number. Let's bring in two of the three. B. Ellis, A.A. Ron, good evening, gentlemen. What's good? <coughs> Excuse me. What's good? Mick McGriff, good evening. Um, I- I'm going to ask you this question. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. And there's no shot, no shade, no nothing. So if you take it any way, if you take it any way, you you doing this on your own. Uh-huh. There is an article that I saw online, and it it gives fans the opportunity to sing the national anthem for the Detroit Lions in a video post. Uh-huh. Do you know of anyone that may participate in that? Singing the national anthem for the Lions as a fan. Uh, the, the regular national anthem or the black national anthem? <laughs> it just says Detroit Lions accepting video auditions to sing the national anthem for 2018-2019 season. N- nah, uh, nah. Not gonna happen. Nah. Be others. What do you think? About what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got a lot of talented uh, singers in, in the city of Detroit. So, you know, I'm not going to – I won't go there, but I will say that maybe some that was anti, you know, and supported Colin Kaepernick will see this article and say, oh, it be an opportunity to get my name out here singing this national anthem. We all know what Martha's up to. Mm. She ain't flick. Mm. Just saying, it's kind of, kind of interesting. Do you know anybody that might participate in that? I don't, I don't know anyone, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Is Maybe, it uh, McGriff? I, oh, see, I didn't do it, McGriff. I I didn't do it. No, I, that was that wasn't Jay. I asked him already. So why are you saying his name? Like I don't I don't get it. I already asked him. No. Yeah, of, right. of all people, why would you? Why would you pick me, Ellis? Like, really? Yeah, yeah you have a, you have a great voice, Aaron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. 
McGriff, you have a great voice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, interesting. All right. Um, let's stay on the topic of the NFL real fast, gentlemen. <laughs> Des Bryant uh, has declined a $6 million contract a year. I believe it was three-year contract, $6 million, uh, per year to sign with the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Ellis, I don't know if this is your squad, but I'll, I'll pick you next. Um, Joe Fluco, your quarterback. Um, could have had a big-time receiver. Haven't had a really big-time receiver there in a while. And um, Des Bryant said no. Are the Ravens kind of missing this one? Or is Des Bryant just too stubborn and he's in his own way to, to just sign with the team? What do you think? Uh, I think it's, uh, it's on Des Bryant. Uh, he took a gamble on himself. He, he thinks he's worth more than – $18 million maybe, or maybe more than $6 million. Um, so I don't think this has anything to do with the Ravens. I think the Ravens made the right decision uh, and offer him what they did. Uh, his value is low. His productivity is low. Um, obviously, he's a free agent, so no one else is lined up at the gates to offer him any money. So I think this is, uh, you know, I'm not going to call it dumb or, you know, or anything on that, but I, I think he's gambling on himself, and I think also – Ultimately, he's trying to get a one-year deal somewhere. So I don't think he's looking for a a long-term deal. I think he is looking for maybe a lucrative one year, and uh, either he'll fade to the sunset with with a lucrative year, or he'll uh, he'll he'll be back to get an extension based off his productivity. So I think that's I think he's gambling on himself right now. So McGriff, we've seen we've seen this before. We've seen people gamble on themselves in the NFL, primarily quarterbacks. I think the one that comes to mind is Kirk Cousins, and obviously he's one big now. But when you gamble on yourself, you're kind of taking a risk and saying that I'm going to be better than what people think. At the quarterback position, you have more of an opportunity to showcase that. At the wide receiver position, not so much. So if that is the narrative for Dez Bryant, is he making a mistake? I think he is making a mistake because there's a stigma associated with Dez Bryant. Um, and it's not really wanting – a lot of teams don't really necessarily want him in, in their locker room. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that he, he should have took that offer. Um, I, I'm interested to see if he gets anything else and if he gets what he thinks he deserves. But, uh, yeah, man, um, a lot of his antics last season, um, I know it rubbed a lot of people on the wrong way. And um, I don't think too many people are really excited to, to try to bring him on board. There are so many teams that could utilize his talents, though. So, obviously, we don't, get, we don't have the full story. We don't know how many teams may have reached out to him. Obviously, the Ravens are the only team that could potentially that put an offer out there. But a team that comes to mind, gentlemen, that I'm thinking about is on the rise, and they're also in the NFC, but they're just not on the, on the, the right side of the, of the coin. They're actually on the left side of the coin coming out of the West, and that's San Francisco. When you have Garoppolo, when you have um, the defensive powers that they have, when you have the weapons that they are looking to have as far as the young pieces, and then you add a Des Bryant that can be more explosive on the, on the outside, uh, he may not be a dominant one, but he is a number one somewhere. I look at San Francisco. I mean, is that too far-fetched? What other teams could you see him potentially being a part of that he could make an impact on? Well, question for me or for anybody? anybody? I just threw it out there. Yeah. Um, 
I think he could be productive with the uh, Packers. Um, I think that Jordy Nelson, I believe that they didn't re-sign him. Um, and that but Aaron they didn't Rodgers re-sign Jordy Nelson off. because of his productivity and his injuries. Same thing with Dez sure. Bryant, don't you think? Don't you think the same thing is the – Dez Bryant and Jordy Nelson are not the same player, don't get me wrong, but the narrative could be the same for both of those two players. I think it's more so now – you know what the teams do this. They will they will go ahead and get you while your stock is down. I mean, that's that's essentially what's happening here. The Packers know what Jordan Nelson's stock is. They've been with him. I think Des Bryant would be a good fit because they pretty much probably can end up getting him at a very cheap rate, and it pairs him with one of the elite quarterbacks. So if he's really about playing football and really about his business, then you know he has the opportunity to catch you know catch footballs from one of the best quarterbacks in the game. So I, I don't know. I think that would be a, a, a good fit for him, and I think ultimately, I don't think he's going to get any money. Like you said, I, I don't. I don't think he's going to get much more than what the Ravens put in front of him. So mm-hmm. I think personally that the, maybe the maybe the uh, Packers give him maybe a one-year, nine or ten million dollars contract and, and he'll be set. And he'll, he'll be able to go from there as far as being able to show that he's productive and worth being paid. Or that he can play football, ultimately. And you think that playing in the NFC North, he will get that done? I think you got to see Minnesota twice, a rising Detroit team, Chicago, always a gimme. I think it's, it's the quarterback. He needs an elite quarterback at this point in his career. Because obviously and Joe Fluco is not that well. guy. Yeah. Um, Joe ain't no, that I guy. I think Joe Fluco Joe's not that guy. <laughs> now, Joe's wow. not. If, he, if they're going to – I think they offered him – I think they offered him what he's worth, but to pair that with a, a, a mediocre quarterback, uh, I, I, that's probably less productive than let's just put it wow. out there than uh, the the quarterback he just left. Wow! That, so you just said that I, Joe I Joe it, Flacco is 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 mediocre. I, I I don't know if I'll go that far, but I mean I don't believe in Joe Flacco. I, I you know I'm a, I'm a critic, but I mean, mediocre I just, at this stage, I, I think. MVP? I think he's had he has had injuries and he has had uh, mediocre seasons, man, since the Super Bowl run. Wow, interesting. TV, good evening, man. Welcome to the show, man. Yeah, man. Uh, great to be here. Uh, thanks for sending out the link. Great. You know how's everybody doing? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> all is well, man. All is well. All right. What's going on here, fellas? Oh, uh, man, just uh, happy to be here, man. Happy to hear from you. So we're talking about football. Des Bryant, trying to figure out what your thoughts are on uh, his decision to turn down a job opportunity with the Ravens, considering that's the only job opportunity he's had so far. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Oh, man, my thoughts on that is I think Des, I think Des thinks he is still one of the top, a top five receiver and thinking that another deal, a better deal than what the Ravens offered is going to come along. But the problem is no better deal is going to come around that was offered, you know, uh, to him. So I don't understand. Why not just sign up to Ravens? You still, you know, you still somewhat be relevant. But I don't know, man. Clearly this guy's uh, – I don't know, man. It's, it's just hard to say at this moment. Okay. I uh, again, I think that I think he needs an elite quarterback, Chris. 
I think that his, uh, he's not going to get much more money than what, what the Ravens put out there. And the fact that he turned that down now, um, I think that's going to have a lot of teams on alert. And I think ultimately he's actually going to shoot himself in the foot because he's going to end up getting less than this now from other teams. So I think he's going he's gonna to find himself being in a position where he's going to have to really take, you know, really take in consideration his his value, which isn't much right now. So I think uh, one of these elite teams is going to maybe take a gamble, give him a one-year, $10 million contract, and he might hopefully he can really show what his worth is. Hmm. McGriff, where do you think he's going to go? <laughs> Not to Canton. Um, I, I honestly, I, do, I don't know. I, I really don't. I, so I'm interested to see if he gets any more offers. Um, I think I, he already, like I said, he already had a stigma attached to him, and I think him turning down um, the Ravens kind of adds to uh, his perceived arrogance. So, yeah, I, I honestly don't know. And if he does go somewhere, it's going to be for far less than what the Ravens offer him. I think a lot of people, too, will say New England just because it's an easy destination for a big-time free agent, wide receiver. We've seen them sign right wide receivers in the past. I, I said San Francisco, up-and-coming team, could use a guy that's not really a number one but could be a one on that roster uh, up and coming could go there one year contract shows what we what he has with a up and coming multi million dollar quarterback. What say you? Do you agree with San Francisco or maybe another team? Um, I don't know if San Francisco would be a good fit for him. I mean, clearly it's the reason why the Dallas Cowboys cut him and the man can't get open like he well, I don't know if he ever was able to get open like he used to, but he's just he's just hasn't been the same player since that two thousand fourteen season. So I mean, he can go to San Francisco, but I don't see him being, having some type of impact with that, with that core of receivers. Mm. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, real fast before we move off to NFL, the Cleveland Browns selected to be in hard knocks. Now, for those who don't know the selection process of how this works, uh, some teams can volunteer and be the team for hard knocks each season. If no one does it, the NFL will pick them. I don't know if Cleveland voluntarily did this or they were voluntold. Either way, they are the selected team for hard knocks. Gentlemen, I feel as though with everything that's happening with Cleveland from the draft to 0-16 to free agency, I feel as though Cleveland is going to be thrown in our face a lot this season. Um, How do y'all feel about that? I mean, I don't know if y'all watch Hard Knocks. I don't really watch it, but just the fact that Cleveland, out of all the teams, Cleveland, on 16 team, we get to see the inside of what goes on with that, that franchise. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, maybe they're just trying to get rid of the show. I don't know. I honestly I don't watch Hard Knocks and the Cleveland Browns being on it is not going to make me want to watch it anymore. Uh, so so yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe it's like the Pro Bowl, you know, it happens, but nobody knows about it. Mm. TVL, how you guys feel about it? Um, uh, yeah, I guess I'm. A little confused about the criteria. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, if you look at it, man, it seems like most of the mediocre teams is what, what, what goes on that show anyway. So Really? Because I mean, Atlanta was like, a selected team, so not so mediocre. Uh, fair enough. We, we'll throw them in there as an outliner, but I don't know. It seems like in the past I've seen teams like the Bengals. Um, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's been <laughs> – Teams that I can care less about what their offseason looks like, but they've been selected to be the, sure. you know, for this show. So I, I don't know. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me. A lot of the good teams turn down, like, you know, we already know Bill Belichick's not letting someone up in there to figure out what's going on with them. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a publicity stunt. I mean, they're in the NFL, so in theory they're a collection of, you know, technically they're a collection of talent, so to speak. Uh so yeah, man, it seems like it's very, they're very fitting for a television show, man. It's just their 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 reality TV, bro. It's just, that's really all I can say about them. So give them a little bit of um, I don't know exposure because they're not going to get any in the regular season. Um, they, they, they got a Thursday night game. They got a Thursday night game. Yeah, everybody has Thursday, Thursday night. <laughs> exactly. I think but they have the they Thursday have night. one. They have but one. nobody <laughs> watches football on Thursday night. That's an accurate statement. That that's every, TV, how you feel I about every, that? Go ahead, go ahead, Ellis. <laughs> yeah, I said, I, said every, I said every team gets a uh, Thursday night game, right? That's that's pretty standard, right? Now, right, sir. <laughs> are you are you wearing your glasses right now, man? Oh, wow. Um, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Exactly. Ellis, how you? I mean, uh, TV, how you feel about this, man? <laughs> Cleveland is selected. Miami, Tampa Bay was on there, I believe. Um, Atlanta was there. I forget there was another team that was there as well. But, I mean, it's the Browns, right? I mean, it's got to be something good about it. Um, I think I, I think I'd be interested to see, see them on Hard Knocks. Um, once again, they got a they got another QB. Um. But I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I think the expectation for this Browns organization is is a bit is a, is a tad bit higher than what it was last season. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the behind the scenes stuff. Me personally, mm-hmm. uh, Hard Knocks isn't bad. Like I watched, I think it was last thing they did Tampa Bay. Temp, that was that was pretty good. It, you know, it kind of it kind of revs you up, kind of uh, uh, in a way. You know, kind of you, you you respect the crab, you respect the, the grind, the hard work that takes place. You know. Yeah, uh, you got a lot of you got a lot of veteran players that's already established. You got the undrafted players trying to make a name for themselves, and it's just a matter of of seconds that a player that's trying to get a position is you know um, pretty much cut, man, or with a little bit of luck they end up with, with another team. But um, yeah, to, to y'all to the to the crew's point, man, it's funny that like they put like some of the losers or not. I'm not say losers. I'm sorry, struggling organizations on hard knocks. But if you ever watch the uh, Amazon All In or All One or whatever that's called, that that, that one's actually pretty good. What they, they actually follow some, you know, uh, playoff caliber team. So, but yeah, I think I think it'd be interesting to watch. I mean, are we, would mm. you guys would you guys watch the upcoming season of Hard Knocks with the Browns? I know it's the Browns, though, right? Yeah, I watched the one with Miami. Um, when you said it kind of gets you wrapped up, kind of gets you. Yeah, but when you talk about getting revved up and whatnot, I was watching <clears throat> how uh, Ryan Tannehill was, you know, vying. He was a rookie at the time. Um, how um, 
gosh, I can't think of his name. It, it escapes me. The second string. Um, I can't think of his name Matt right Moore. now. It, it, was it Matt Moore? Yeah, 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 Matt Moore. Um, how, you know, it was honestly his job, and then all of a sudden they gave it to Tannehill, and to see his reaction and his face, you know, it, it does give you insight on what happens behind the scenes. It's kind of cool, regardless of the team. Yeah. But it's the Browns. You know, I, again, it's just – they haven't done anything right, in my opinion. I, I feel like – I'll, I'll be honest with you, TV. Free agency – was probably the best thing that's happened to the Browns. I don't think they had a good draft. I really don't believe that. Um, obviously, they didn't have a good season. But I think that their free agency is going to dictate what happens in the regular season. And a lot of these rookies may not even make the team. We got alone be even in the starting lineup. So, I don't know, man. It, it might be intriguing TV, maybe episode three. But that, it's just the Browns. I just What have they done right? All they can do is go up, right, at this point. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I guess so. I didn't watch Tampa Bay's. I, I bet Tampa Bay's was, was yeah, interesting. But... Tampa, Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay was actually pretty good, man. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely uh, give, give it a shot. I mean, I want to see Hugh Jackson succeed in this league as a head coach, man. I think I thought he got a raw he got a raw deal out in Oakland, you know, being fired after one season, even though he led the team to, you know, 8-8 eight, eight record. And I wish he would have been the guy to take over, at, at, you know, for the Cincinnati Bengals, but that didn't happen. So no, no, oh, man, no, no. I think I think I think a new I think a new voice would have, I think a new voice would have helped with with the with Cincinnati Bengals. In my just in my opinion, you know. No, I agree. I agree. Marvin Lewis. I, when I was calling for a man's job, I got ridiculed on this show like two weeks ago. So I'm not going to do that anymore. But I will say that Marvin Lewis. Very questionable why that man is still employed with the with the Cleveland Browns. I mean the the Cincinnati Bengals when there's other teams he could possibly be associated with. I'll say that, like in the XFL or the AFL or the oh. CFL. Oh, just saying. Oh. It's coming back. It's <laughs> just, coming I'm back. Just it's coming back next year. Oh, oh wow. coming back. It's coming back. Um, I guess last topic, fellas, on on the NFL before we move on. Uh, gambling, sports gambling has been legalized, and obviously other states will start to fall in suit. Las Vegas, uh, let's just face it, pissed off is one way to put it. Uh, but other states will begin this process as well. Not to really get into it, we haven't talked about sports gambling or anything of that nature, but the impact that it could have on sports. Now, I'll say that I believe that the impact will be felt more on the NCAA side because you'll see ads that you normally don't see on regular TV only during tournament time, like with the Harper company and other companies, um, when ad revenue goes up, the NCAA will make more money. And when people are betting on it and people are starting to pay more attention to the sport, their revenue will go up, which would then bring up the topic of playing players again, which, you know, talk about the likeness of players and people making money, which we can't get into that because it's in litigation. So they can't even touch that. So it's a lot of things that will impact it because of sports gambling. I want to get you guys' thoughts from an NFL perspective because the NFL, let's just face it, is popular for a lot of good reasons. And when you start to add gambling to it, legalized gambling, what impacts do you think that this could have potentially on the NFL moving forward? Anybody can tackle it first. Um, yeah, I mean, ever since sports were created, like people have been betting on games, so – I mean, it's going to be more at the forefront now. Like, um, I, I know people that bet on games every week, you know. Um, so it's definitely going to be a, a, a revenue boost 
for the NFL because a lot more people are going to be paying attention to the sports just like they do um, for fantasy football. Um, yeah, that's 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 really the only thing I see. Um, yeah, I'm, that's yeah. I, I don't see it really having an impact beyond that. Okay, Ellis TV, what you guys think? Go ahead, TV. Um, I think I don't know, man. Um, I'm never big in a sports camera. I mean, I know people <laughs> uh, who do it. Um, Legally, and you know, back in the old neighborhood, of course, uh, a couple spots here and there. But uh, it, it's, it's going to be it's, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be very interesting this upcoming football season, and also to add on top of that, March Madness. I mean, now that that's, really, that's I mean, now that it's legalized, it's really going to be it's, it's really going to be madness, you know. So, um, honestly, yeah, I, I haven't really thought too much about it. Just as long as, as, long as I'm able to watch my games and enjoy. I'm really good to go. Do you think before before Ellis? Yeah, wait, 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 not, not, not to cut you off, Chris, yeah. but uh, uh, along with the whole <laughs> betting and gambling thing, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, bets, because like, people aren't really are going to make bets, like not really being serious about it. So it's going to be interesting to see how people uh, are, are, are collecting, you know, because there's someone on this podcast right now that has been owing – the other members of the podcast, something for uh, some stuff that happened oh. last season, and uh, yeah, we, we we have yet to collect. It has yet to happen. We've been made several promises, um, it's but a no kneecaps have been busted, uh, no fingers <laughs> have been cut off. Uh, yeah, um, I think Tony the Shark might need to uh, pay somebody a visit. I just watched Scarface the other day. We're so. Call Bumpy Johnson. Um, that, that, that is, that is a, that is a, that is a fair statement. Do we address that on the air or do we address that off the air? Um, I mean, that, that person knows who they are and, uh, we, we, we all know where that person lives and what they drive. I mean, and, uh, because technically there's you know two people, members, there's, there's, there's two you know people on this members, podcast uh, that owes. They ain't just one. Who else though? Yeah, one is, nah, one oh, is oh. yeah okay well, we'll, we'll, uh, we can talk some, about that we can, to me. <laughs> we, we, we can talk about that McGriff uh, I wasn't expecting you to know something you said what <laughs> are you the guy that owes something um, you know I think that huh? Scarface was a hell of a movie man um, it's on um, <laughs> I think it's on Hulu or Netflix I watched it the other day Thought the ending uh-huh. scene was fantastic, man. I thought it was great. Oh, you went out. Oh, went out like that's, that's not what we were talking about, though. But okay, man, I thought it was great, man. American Gangsters on uh, Hulu. I've been looking for that. Uh, Bumpy oh, Johnson. Oh yeah, you know what you know? Frank Lucas did to somebody in broad daylight, Frank? right? I I, I <laughs> saw he, that. He went right back to eating the food, and nothing happened. I. Here's the jar, twenty percent, twenty percent, twenty percent. Yeah, we can talk about that, McGriff. We we should we should take that off the air and uh, address that. I'd be be more than happy to have that conversation. Be more than happy to have that conversation. Um, I need my money, Jerry. I need my money, Jerry. Uh, wow, I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, 
I'm over here sweating and everything. Like, what is happening right now? <laughs> For those who don't know, um, there was a wager, college football. Um, push-up wager was, was waged, and um, I lost that bet. Um, I, no excuses. I'm not going to use shoulders as issues. I'm not going to do any of that. You're absolutely right. That bet needs to be paid. You tell me when and where I need to be, and I'll pay the debt. Oh, boy. <laughs> you said that before. No, I'm saying it today. So you have an opportunity to say it now, or we're not talking about it again. Are you on Facebook Live right now? No. <laughs> you tell me where. Just tell me when and where, and and we'll 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 pay the debt. Uh, okay. TBD. TBD. Because uh, I don't know T- when we're all gonna be together. TBD. All right. TBD. When it's when it's out there, once it's passed, it'll get done. Ooh, it will get wee. done. How many? It will get done. No, it actually no no because I failed to inflation. do it. It actually multiplied. Inflation. Yeah, it, it, it inflated. It, it inflated. I have not forgotten. And I've been, I, I've been trying to strengthen up so I could get it done. But yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna get it done, McGriff. Just for you. Tell me when and where, and I will get right. it done. Can we get back gotcha. to the question though? Can we get back to the damn question? Can we focus on the question oh, yeah, that yeah. I have? Okay, thank. You. I appreciate that. We we given Ellis enough time to answer now. So go ahead, Ellis, answer the question. Pose po- 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 the question, man. So make sure we rope the crowd back in as well, man. I think you just forgot the question, but that, okay, <laughs> that's fine. We can do that. Sports gambling and the impact that it will have on the NFL. I talked about what it could have on the impact of NCAA. Mm-hmm. What do you think it's going to have on the NFL? Uh, I mean, I don't think anything's really going to change. I mean, it's already been happening anyway. Um, I think now that you you know you legalize it, so to speak, um, it just becomes an, an additional stream of revenue um, that can actually be taxed and monitored and, you know, um, regulated. So um, I think this is probably what the NFL needs, um, you know, more than anybody to potentially get their ratings back in place. So, um, you know, in order to increase ratings, you know, if you have a wager that's on it, I think that it, that there automatically increases the, the viewership. Um, and ultimately, you know, the NFL wins. So I think it's smart business to uh, – potentially make sure that it is uh, regulated. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on it. We'll talk more about sports gambling because it's going to be a big deal. I don't think anybody in the group does it, but I, I, I will say that as it becomes more um, popular in other, other cities, and it's going to be even five cities moving forward potentially, um, I really think at NFL stadiums, gentlemen, it's bad enough that social media is kind of everywhere. We're always following uh, fantasy football. But now when you add the element of gambling and now you know you can make some buku money on how many passes Matthew Stafford is going to throw, the over or under if the Lions are going to rush 100 yards or, you know, the over or under on the point spread or whatever the case may be, and you're in the stadium, I think the element of, of the game and the atmosphere of what that game could, that could have when people are in tune with their phones now, when there's money on the line, I think that you're going to see a lot of – not saying you don't see it now. I think you're going to see a lot more um, – I don't know, uh, fair, fair weather fans, if you would. They're just there for to see if they're going to win the money and less on the actual sport itself. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. It's hard to say, man. I think your diehard fans are going to be the ones that are at those games anyway. Like the diehard season openers, The if you look at the demographic of people, the fans that are actually there, they're kind of – those that are in the older generation, so to speak, the ones that aren't necessarily 
tuned into their phones. The ones that are in their phones and, you know, those are going to be the same ones that are betting and gambling, and it's already happening anyway. So I think, again, it just more so increases the, in my opinion, the viewership of those that weren't necessarily at the games and in that atmosphere that really don't care about the games. Um, you are you have that demographic of people too, and I think now the NFL is starting to they're going to be able to tap into that that demographic and and probably increase their viewership um, from those type of uh, groups those groups of people. So I think if you're worried about the actual stadium and the, the the scenery there, I don't think that's going to change much based off of who actually goes to those games. And if you're spending the money to be there, most people are pretty much focused on the games. I, I, it's the crowds that you're, you're trying to draw in that aren't there anyway. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Six four six 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 eight two one eight two is the numbers. Bring in uh, Old Faithful, if you would, out in Cleveland. Darius, good evening. Good evening. How are you? Yo. Good evening. Well, I, I heard the comments about my team about hard knocks. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> okay. Definitely a hard knock life for you. I know. I know my Browns is like. I, hey, I know my the, my the, my Browns is like Detroit Lions of the AFC. Oh my Ooh. God! Here you go, man. Here you go. Ooh. Here you go. Game. Ooh. Let me ask. Let me, can I? Ask, I mean, I, I mean, since we're gonna just have this conversation, man, let's just put this to bed right now. How many Pro Bowlers have Cleveland Browns put in in the last five years versus Detroit Lions? Take your time. I'll wait. Oh, okay. When's the last time Pro Bowlers? Let's just let's just throw this out there. When's the last time the Cleveland wins. Browns won? Let's take a, let's take a tally here. When's the last time the Cleveland Browns won five games? I'll wait. Oh, I can tell you that one. <laughs> last time it was wait 2012 in one season. In, in one season. In one, one season. season. Not, and, like, okay, not combined well, seasons. Talk, let's talk about combining seasons then. Damn. Obama was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, let's have, let's have this conversation since you want to just bring my lines up. I'm just because I'm put this to bed right now. When is the last time that the Cleveland Browns put a Pro Bowl quarterback in any type you of significant no... game? Was that before AOL? None. Oh, okay. All right. None. So before you start, before you throw my lines out there, be careful. Be be careful. Tread tread carefully. Well, I was going to talk. Uh, about, I was going to talk about the NBA playoffs, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I the, the front office, from perspective, Hugh Jackson, John Dorsey, probably didn't want to be on hard knocks, but I be, but I believe by default we got in. <laughs> by but default, you was voluntold to go. They, hey, they, 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 them hard knocks. They chose the Browns, so. I said it'll probably be like an interesting show. Well, TV uh, believes in it. I mean, it, it might be good TV, right? I mean, it it might be good. I mean, do you feel like you'll watch it? Do you feel like that this is something that your team should participate in? A lot of teams don't want to be a part of this. Yeah, I I, I feel I'm gonna watch it. Just see the <laughs> behind the scenes and see these undrafted players trying to make the practice squad or the final roster. But I'm gonna watch it. it I saw Tampa Bay and it was in, it, it was an interesting uh, show. It wasn't bad, was it? It wasn't bad. Mm. But uh, okay. I like, but I like to get on about the um, the NBA playoffs. All right, go for it. I, uh, the Cavaliers 
They dropped the first two games, but uh, game three is the must win. Because it, it, they, and even though I'm not a Cavs fan, they they lose game three, series over. Mm. Series over. We, Le, we LeBron were gonna, had his best game, but still. We were going to dive Boston into the series. Yeah, we were going to dive into the series big time. So, fellas, let's hold it before we go on break. But let's just say this. I will say this, Ellis and TV, uh, McGriff, to be quite honest with you, I think it's a must win for game three and four because Boston is going to Cleveland to simply say we need one game. They're 8-0 at home in this playoffs, and they're 37-0 in game in, in any series that they have played and gone up 2-0. So the odds do not play favorite for LeBron at all. And notice how I say LeBron because it's like he's virtually doing this by himself. So not to get too deep in the, we- the weeds here, fellas, but – I feel like they got to win either game. If Boston wins game three or four, it's a wrap. So Cleveland needs both of these games at home. Would you guys agree with that? I would definitely agree. Um, I think that they, they have to defend home court at this time. Um, even though they don't have home court, we know this already. They, they went out there and laid two eggs. So uh, I think they – I personally, I'm – I'm still on board with saying that Cleveland's going to win this series. I so I, I I would like to think that they're going to go home and defend their home their home court. Um, they're playing their guards are playing terrible. Um, I can't see that happening continuously happening throughout the series. So, but it, to answer the question, it is a must win for Cleveland. Right, every they have to win all their games at home at this point in time. Okay, fair enough. TV, what you think? Uh yeah, I, I'm still going with Cleveland to win this series, man. But um, yeah, these games at home are definitely uh, crucial. And what we've seen so far with Boston is they're a great home team, but on the road is where they right. can have their struggles at. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland ends up winning both games at home starting this Saturday. Hmm. Hmm. McGriff, what you think, man? Well, we all know that the NBA is rigged, and uh, the headlines and the T-shirts and stuff have already been printed. LeBron's going to make his triumphant return, and everything's going to be great, and they're going to just go and just completely decimate. Um, <clears throat> it's just going to go and just, yeah, it's, it's what? We, we, all, we all know. <laughs> what, what was that? Get it out. <laughs> what? what you... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You want to try again? Hello. Yeah. I, 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 I said my thought, man. They, you know, they they gonna go in there and dominate the Celtics at home. Huh? You watching? What are you doing over there, man? What, what you mean? Wow. You the oh man. Right, right. That answer just. What you mean? What you I know you are. Wow. Ain't, he over there getting all right. Nothing, man. <laughs> <laughs> he needs some milk. <laughs> wow. You guys wow. are terrible. Oh, yeah? There's a man that says, what you mean? What you mean? Wow. I, I don't know what you guys I'm I'm in here attentive to the show, giving my feedback. Yeah. Okay, McGriff, we appreciate the analysis there. Darius, uh, yes, before we sir. take a quick break, I want to get your thoughts on the Western Conference. Um, we saw two two games, night and day. Game one, game two is split. Golden State is on their way home to try to defend home turf. Real quick, what do you think? 
I have, I have a sneaky suspicion this series is going seven games. Therefore, I think it's going to be a split in Golden State. Hmm. Golden, I, I think Houston's going to steal one of those games, but I think it's going to be game four because game three is going to be all Warriors. But okay, I still got the I still got the Warriors winning the series, but in seven. So, do you still have Cleveland and the Warriors in in the finals for fourth chapter? Um, after course, what you've I seen have, in, in the game, after what I've seen, I I, I still have that feeling that might happen. Okay, okay, okay. The narrative has not changed. Okay, all right, Darius. Well. Uh, we're going to break down both of these games on, on the other side. We appreciate you calling in, man, as always. Thank you so much, sir. 646-668-2182 is the number. When we come back, fellas, let's get into it. Uh, NBA Eastern and Western Conference Final. We'll start with Cleveland and Boston. Has Boston changed the narrative? As this show goes on, we're going to ask that question. Most importantly, Steph Curry or Chris Paul? Who are you taking right now in the Western Conference? Because one player is playing better than the other. We'll ask TV and Ellis what they think about that and figure out what McGriff is doing when we come back. FT Sports Podcast. Wow. Trying to find his way out the rat race What a ploy And cause he creeping on the come up He gon' use the money They thought would keep him under By keeping them employed All in due time And dudes gotta be paid So I pray I get a raise On my current wage Cause with the money I'm making Plus my debt to income ratio I never would pay it Man I hate to say it But I ain't gotta lie I ain't got many When it come to dollar signs Man I'd rather die Than spend all my time Trying to find something I can leverage set of overtime In a workplace Worst place I can never stay Man I'd rather be a kid Trying to graduate again Back when I ain't give a fuck about Living my life trying to get this cheese Going with the out selling weed Young guy, I ain't got no family I can't afford to be selfish, I'm only 17 But you heard, man, it's all about me Me, young dope get out on the rise With the motor guys, young, young syndrome Got my youth on my side, feeling like everybody Till I get this cheddar, or grow better Or whatever comes first More money, more cheddar More, more, more money, more money, more money, more cheddar I ain't trying to grow up, I'm just trying to grow cheddar More cheddar, more money, more cheddar, more money, more cheddar I ain't really trying to know better, but I need to grow better Young, young syndrome, I ain't trying to know better I ain't trying to grow better, I just want more cheddar Young, young syndrome, need to grow better Came up so hard, so called cool folk would hate us Cause we was getting money And it was obvious cause the clothes game came up Like stocks when they volatile And we ain't wear the same thing Like them losers claiming that they were the freshest Probably cause we got money from more than just our parents While they were worried about the status We were out cutting grass getting money Young entrepreneurs getting that green Like a divorce, kids gon' see We getting cream, got so hungry We start selling weed, foolish but whatever We just trying to get more cheddar Even though we know better We gon' do whatever for the money man I ain't playing, we was stacking Brandon had a stack in the back of the back And now we're stacking too Making it do what it do So fuck all you weak fools I'm following street rules Getting cash, I'm so past all you crabs in the bucket Luckily for me, I love seafood What it do? Get your money up And don't concern yourself with nothing else I'ma stack cheese till I got my vanity Then I match him with a sink every two Beat, 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 beat,
more money. More cheddar, more, more, more money, more money, more money, more cheddar. I ain't tryna grow up, I ain't tryna grow up, I ain't tryna grow up, I ain't tryna, I ain't tryna. More money, more cheddar, more, more, more money, more money, more money, more cheddar. I ain't tryna grow up, I'm just tryna grow cheddar, more cheddar, more money, more cheddar, more money, more cheddar. I ain't really tryna know better, but I need to grow better. Young, young syndrome, I ain't tryna know better, I ain't tryna grow better. I just want more cheddar. Young, young syndrome, need to grow better. FT Sports Podcast. Welcome back. Music and sound from So Easy. You can find them on Spotify. Local artists here in Detroit. Supporting our program as always. 646-668-2182 is the number. Great conversation earlier on NFL. Somehow, some way, found their way into the lineup. But we're moving on to the bigger and better topics, the NBA um, shout out real fast because I, I think we made a shout out last week, but if we didn't, I apologize. The Washington Capitals and NHL making the um, making the finals the first time in a long time that a Washington team made any type of conference finals, um, and they show up in fashion as they always do at home, and they drop, uh, I mean, dropped an egg. They laid one big time um, in that final. So we'll see what happens tonight as they play the the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, but, fellas, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. NHL fans listening all the time. MLB will never get any love. That's just my opinion. But 646-668-2182 is the number. TV, I'm going to start with you, man. Let's get into the uh, NBA, Eastern Conference Finals. The narrative entering this series was that Boston was the young upstart squad, not afraid of LeBron James, and LeBron will be LeBron, and he needed help. LeBron goes out and drops numbers as he always does and you thought that in game two they would come out swinging for the fences they did and in the second half absolutely terrible showing from the rest of that team Boston is up 2-0 we talked about what impact they need to do as far as being on the road but let's just talk about what they did in game one and game two in your eyes what did they do to either confuse this team throw them off or is just Brad Steven at his finest with this unit that he has um, I think it's Brad Stevens with his finest, um, being able to throw multiple bodies at LeBron. And in a way, I'm not going to say he allows him to get his, but pretty much, you know what, if if the Cavs are going to beat us, then, you know, we'll do what we can against LeBron, but we're not going to let the other players, you know, go off, you know. And that's what I'm noticing too. You know, that's one thing I'm noticing. And also I want to say that, um, Boston is a is a first of all it's it's a well disciplined team and they hustle to every loose ball. Uh, you know, if it's a fifty fifty ball, like they're they're laying it out there. 
And I heard someone say, if you ever notice, whenever Cleveland is is winning against their opponent by like twenty some points, you know they like to you know rub your face in it or you know like to like to tease you, taunt you, whatever. But then when you come out and you just hit them in the mouth, you know they they, they seem like a broken team. And you notice that when most of the points that Boston was scoring, and especially in the second game, they were wide open shots. Clearly, you're supposed to run out. You know, you're supposed to chase the shooter off that three point line or chase the shooter off their spot, and they wasn't doing that. You know, somebody to kick it out, and Jalen Brown is wide open. You would think J.R. Smith or uh, whoever else is out there on the perimeter would, you know, chase him off that spot, but they wouldn't do that. It's, it was just okay. You know what? Let him shoot. Whatever. It is what it is. So right. It's, it's, it's little stuff like that I pay attention to because, you know, years ago, you know, Cleveland was a locked-in defensive team, not giving up anything easy. But this year, it seems like Brad Stevens' game plan is, you know, LeBron's going to do, LeBron's gonna do what LeBron does. But we're going to make sure that we pretty much take everybody else out the game to a certain extent. And if you look at last yeah. season, and real quick, I'll be quick. Uh, if you look at last season, I mean Boston's offense was pretty much it was tailored. It was pretty much tailored to it was tailored around Isaiah Thomas. So it was easy to just take rid of take take out a guy that's like five foot eight, you know, make him you know take him out the game, and pretty much Boston was you know was a done deal. But now they're they're so balanced offensively to where you don't know who's going to do what, and I think that makes them a very dangerous team in this Eastern Conference Finals. It's interesting, it's interesting that you said that, and I want to give you guys a stat. There is one, two, three, four, five, six players right now in, on this Boston squad that's averaging double digits as far as points are concerned. You know how many double-digit players are averaging that right now in this series, right now, out of the, the two games? LeBron James, Kevin Love, and Jordan Clarkson. That's it. That's it. Game two, George and and J.R. Smith combined for a total of three points. J.R. went goose egg Ellis again. And we've seen this again time and time from this man. And then he goes crazy in the next game. So before we start talking about game three and four, get your analysis. Game one, game two, what did you see? Is it more of Boston or is it less of Cleveland? Um, I think it's less of Cleveland. I mean, that's kind of been – that's been my narrative. Like, you know, Cleveland is their, – their guard play is atrocious right now, and I'm not taking anything from Brad Stevens and the Celtics. I think they're playing phenomenal team basketball. I think that with in the process of everything, um, they are – they are doing what they need to do. Uh, but I think that ultimately the team itself, as far as Cleveland, they're not doing what they need to do. And they're not playing them like they're capable of playing them. By capable points, they should be able to score more points than what they're doing right now. And I think that's what the issue is. Um, I, I can't see them playing the same way in Cleveland. Usually your role players come out and play better at home. And all of them pretty much collectively said that they we, we need to help out LeBron. So LeBron has shown that he can get 50, 60 points. It's not going to matter if he can't get eight, I mean, if he can't get 10 points from two other players on the team. So I think that's what what they're dealing with right now. Um, and I don't think it's defense on those players. I think they're just not hitting shots. Well, from, I guess from a closeout standpoint at, and TV, I don't know if you want to chime in because you, you brought the point up as far as defense is concerned. 
the respect maybe they have for Boston. I mean, let's just face it. it, it when you look across the, the aisle here, and you can look up the, up and down the roster, on paper, I understand where Boston may have an edge, but Cleveland should convincingly win. I mean, they got champions on their team. LeBron, Kevin Love, uh, Tristan, who's been in the lineup. Uh, uh, I want to say uh, JR has won. I mean, they got guys that have won championships on this team, so it's not like they don't have the pedigree. As far as playing defense concerned, these are the same guys, TV, that was on the team that was down 1-3 against Golden State, best team in the regular season, 74. We don't have to go down that, that, that route again. But these are the same guys that played lockdown defense on some of the best in the elite that we have seen in NBA history. And then here comes Boston with the young studs, and they act like they can't even go up and down the court with them. Well, that team that came back and beat uh, the Golden State Warriors, I mean, keep in mind you had Kyrie Irving to start off, that veteran leadership in Richard Jefferson, and uh, uh, I can't think of uh, I can't think of the other guy's name who they traded. And you had Tim, and I hate to say the guy's name. You had, you had Timothy Moscow, but you had a veteran lead. Oh, you had veteran leadership, and also you had Iman Shepard, who was one of their, if not one of their best uh, perimeter defenders on that team. So you had a lot of guys that were locked in and willing to play for each other. This isn't this isn't the same thing back from you know from twenty was that twenty fifteen or twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. It's completely. I mean, it's not completely different, but it is. It is different. I mean, you, got, you still you still had Kevin Love, but Kevin Love isn't the same player he was when they won the championship. I mean, J.R. Smith, he's just I mean, he's just J.R. I mean, he's it, it, thank you. Yeah, terrible. I was trying to be nice about, it. but you know, it was right. He's terrible, man. And Tristan Thompson, I mean, I forgot he was on the damn team. Jeez, yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, the stuff that's going on with him, I mean. It's, it's 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 just a, it's just a different team, and like you said, you got Boston. You got a young team that can go up and down real fast. You got you know they can play half court. I mean they could do it all, but based on what I'm saying, I mean defensively, if you're not putting it, if you're not playing for each other and leaving it on the floor, I mean, I hate to say this, but I'm, I don't really hate to say it, but you know Cleveland could possibly get swept. But hope I mean not, again, I think Cleveland will win the series in five. It looks like they may have to do it in six or maybe seven, but even if Cleveland actually comes back and win this win this series, let's keep in mind that's going to be draining on them going into the finals playing against whoever. I mean, it's different when you just win four straight and you get a week and a half of rest compared to playing, you know, six games and having to win four straight. You know, it, it, it takes a lot of you. It takes a lot out of you. So that's something to keep in the back of your mind too. And what's 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 interesting, oh, Chan, fellas, Chan, is Channing Fry. Channing Fry. Channing Fry. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I I told the guys on on Fry House Sports again. Catch those guys seven p.m. to nine p.m. before we come on here on Blog Talk Radio. I told these guys, gentlemen, McGriff, jump in here if, if um you know if if you want if you want to, but I told these guys earlier <laughs> that you know it's something about Cleveland, LeBron James and Kevin Love. If you really just look at the stats that they're averaging per game. They're averaging double doubles in the in this in this playoffs. Every time that Kevin Love or another player gave LeBron James double digit numbers as far as points are concerned, they were ended up winning games in this playoffs. It's only against Boston that they lost. 
and Kevin Love's averaging a double-double. I mean, that's what he's averaging right now in this series. 19 and 11 is what he's averaging. But what I said was that LeBron James, the type of player that he is, he's a system player. And I hate to, I hate to say this. I really do. But he is because he has only had one guy in the history of LeBron James, including Dwayne Wade. He's only had one guy that can dribble penetrate as good as he can, and that was Kyrie Irving. And he's no longer on that team. So when he's the only guy that can do that, LeBron's game is predicated on driving, kicking out, and guys knocking down three-pointers. They are 24% at the three-point line right now in this series. They're not playing very well. And if this is the way that they play and these guys are not being able to do anything, why do we even have hope that they can go home and win these games? Based on the facts that I just gave you, that there's not a recipe for success at all. There's they're LeBron. They have LeBron. Um, they had LeBron. And in game I mean, two. I he gave him forty-one, and he lost. I mean, that's what I say. you need at least ten points from Jr. and ten points from Hill. If they can't give you ten points as starting point guards and shooting guards, then he's in trouble. And I, like I said, I don't even think it's about them being defended. I mean, not to say that the, the defense of um, the Celtics isn't there because it certainly is, but. Ten points, man. Like, come on. Like, well, I, I challenge you, you on to. that, Ellis. I challenge you on that because mm-hmm. you say they got to give you ten points. Average combined, they give you six points. But it's the assists that they don't give you. They, they're not even assists. They're nowhere to be found on the court. Nowhere. Total rebounds combined, three. Three rebounds between the two of those guys in two games. 1.5 assists. They got to score. That's, that's never been the DNA of those players. I understand um, I that, but that they can't assist. Back, I, I say that even going back to Kyrie. Like, Kyrie wasn't assisting. He was averaging like three and a half assists a game. So that's not what they need. They need some points. And LeBron is the facilitator. So he's the one that's pushing that ball up. Um, even when Kyrie was there, they, you know, that's why they clashed. But LeBron is, is fine with being able to distribute the ball. It's when he's distributing it, are you going to hit a basket? Are you going to be assertive? Are you going to try to put yourself in positions to be able to be effective on offense? Um, and that's what's not happening right now. And, I mean, LeBron is staying consistent with his, his ability to want to want to get that done as far as trying to make sure that he gets those players involved. So, this has to be a better job, man, uh, on, on, on them. Like, they got to give you some points. McGriff, um What's your thoughts on this series, sir? Like I said before, <laughs> we all know that it's it's for entertainment. They got to make their money. Of course, Sports LeBron has to go down. huh? Sports is entertainment. Well, shut up, Chris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all know, like, LeBron has to make his triumphant return. Well, not necessarily return, but... He has to dig himself out of the hole and live up to the whole King James mantra. We've seen it before. We've seen it every year. We know we don't want to see Golden State and the Cavaliers <laughs> back in the finals again. So they're just trying to give us something else to appease us for the time being. Cavaliers so, still winning the series. Okay, so the league has rigged J.R. Smith from making any type of point, rebound, assisting, just give him some minutes and just don't let him do nothing else. The league rigged that man. Why do you think so many NBA players go on to be actors? 
because they take <laughs> acting classes while they work for oh, the God. NBA. We all saw Kazan. Is that the reason why Shaq became an actor? Did you just we say all that? Oh, hey, hey, man, he's got a second sin, Uncle Drew, man. He's got a second sin, Uncle it. Drew. Oh, my oh, God. Man. He was even on uh, Kevin Hart's show, Real House Hustles of Hollywood. Can somebody expose uh, Shaq's acting career, please? Oh, so terrible. That's <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. Wow. All right. TV, it, it's rigged. It's all rigged. JR sucks. But I don't hear you guys talking about Boston, though, man. Like, it's... It, I hear that Ella's narrative is less of Cleveland, but let's give it up to Boston, man. Brad Stevens and what he's able to accomplish. Yeah. I know we were throwing shade at, at Dwayne Casey, and I think I think this is the first time we've been on the air since he's been terminated from the Raptors. And then the Raptors threw out some shade, talking about some congratulations, Coach, for being nominated top three. I thought that was messed up, man. I feel like you have to do that, though, TV. I feel like if you are organized, you have to step out. You're going to lose either way. If you don't say something, you know, and he wins, then you look like the bitter ex-girlfriend. If you do say something, then you look like the the, the, the spiteful, jealous girlfriend that lost the guy that you shouldn't have lost. I, either way, you're losing this. So I felt like the Raptors had to do it. I mean, right? Nah, I, I, think, mean, uh, I, think you just, I think you don't say anything at all. Well, okay, fair enough. I don't want to yeah, talk yeah. about. I was saying no. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I agree, man. I mean, you, you went your separate ways. Uh, you know, he's got coach. You know, he won coach of the year. You know, amongst his, you know, voted by his voted by his peers. But you know, it's kind of like, why are you even saying anything at this point? Like, you, we're done. There, it's no more. Like, yeah. you need to heck alone. You know. Yeah, I don't want to spend time on the Raptors. That's that's a uh, that's an abomination. I don't want to go there. But Brad Stevens, Ellis and I had a one-off conversation, and he said Brad Stevens is about to get these hands. He's about to get the same laws. He's about to get this and that. I agree with him during this conversation, TV. And honestly, now that I look back, and I'm, I feel foolish in saying it because what Brad Stevens is doing, he's doing it with less talent than what Toronto had. So I feel like he's got – he knows something that Dwayne Casey didn't know because Dwayne Casey had years to figure this out. He couldn't figure this out. And even though he took LeBron to seven games, it wasn't a pretty seven games. The team got blown out in all four of the games that he lost. So, you know, when you look at Brad Stevens as the head coach right now with Boston, he's doing this without his two elite players. Does he really have a chance here? I mean, let's, let's throw it out there, man. Let's, does he really have a chance to, to steal a game in Cleveland? I think he has a chance, and the reason why I say he has a chance because it's not about having the most talented team. It's about having a team that listens. And even though Toronto was the number one seed, but you can tell, but nobody really believed Toronto. Even though Toronto had a number one record in the East, it, you know, majority of us didn't believe that Toronto was really a number one team in the East. And you look at Boston, and they have a bunch of players. It's almost like it's almost like the old school Pistons, right? Where you just got a bunch of players, a bunch of grimy, tough, uh, want to win, want to compete type of players, and they just buy into they buy into what the coach is um, showing. They buy into what the coach is trying to trying to do as far as putting them in positions to succeed. And I think that's what makes Brad Stevens one of the best coaches, if not just in the NBA, but in basketball overall. And you see that on the court. And I said it earlier how they, they hustle to every loose ball. Um, 
they play they play for one another, and that go and that goes a long way. Want to play for a guy like Brad Stevens, so I won't say Brad Stevens has the has the, the the formula to beat LeBron James, but he just has a group of guys that's you know that's willing to buy in. Okay, fair enough. Um, but you said something there because nobody respected Toronto and looked at them and said, "Hell yeah, yeah, they're the number one seed." Going to Cleveland, nobody's looking at Boston and saying, "Yeah, you actually have a shot." Kind of disrespectful, Ellis. Is that is that fair or no? You said disrespectful that they didn't have a shot as far as uh, no looking Boston. at Boston and saying, "Yeah, Boston is up two zero convincingly against Cleveland." I gave you the stats. Boston is beating them. There's, it's no no way around that. But yet they go to Cleveland, and all people are saying is, "It's it's LeBron." They they bought the this it's not gonna happen. LeBron's still gonna win these games. Like Boston doesn't really have a shot. It's more people saying that than yeah, Boston has a chance of going in there and actually stealing a game. Or two. Or sweeping them. I've I've watched Boston's um narrative change drastically when they're on the road. So I'm until proven otherwise, I I that's that's my thoughts. And you splash in LeBron. You know, LeBron's the cherry on top of that scenario. So I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. My Boston has, has has shown me that they have the heart heart of a champion. They have what it takes. They have the DNA to to be a very competitive team. And it looks like their time is really is starting to happen now. We've been saying that for the last few years, but they're they're pretty much there. And they're starting to figure out how to get over the hump. And that means even going through LeBron. So you got to tip your hat to Brad Stevens. I stand corrected. You know, I I didn't think it would be this much of a series. Um, but I still haven't seen enough to change the narrative that I think that uh, Cleveland has enough to be able to, be able to take this this Boston team out. And when I say this Boston team, minus their two best players, I, I, I still think Cleveland, if they actually do what they need to do and execute uh, a little bit a little bit better on their end, they they have enough overall to, to beat this team as it's, as so, it's currently assembled. So but you know what's crazy? Remember? Yeah, go ahead. Real, I'm sorry. Real quick. Okay. Just you remember when the when uh, the 018 Celtics won the championship, and the main and one of the things they really weren't good at was winning on the road. And then when they went back in 20 and 2010 to play the Lakers, again they struggled on the road. So it seems like the past, um, we'll say like um, like almost 10 years, this Boston has really Boston isn't that good on the road. If you really look back on it. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, it's that franchise. Yeah, I mean, they went because remember they went seven games against Atlanta, they went seven games against Cleveland, and they went six games against the Pistons. So, just thought I'd throw that in there. But go, go ahead. No, no, you're right. You're right. And even in this in this playoff series, I mean, probably their most impressive game was Game Four, I believe, against um, against the Seventy Sixers probably the most impressive yeah. we've seen because they won a game on the road. They were losing every mm-hmm. game on the road this in this postseason. Hell, they went seven games this season in the first game, first ball, series. Uh, yeah, Washington. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, it's 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 yeah. interesting, I, and I definitely hear that. But let me just throw it out there then, fellas, before we move on to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, McGriff, we'll start with you. You picked Cleveland. Do you still believe Cleveland can ruin the series? You said ruin the series? Win the series. Oh. You know, I just said that. Did I not? I'm sorry. Maybe you did. I'm sorry. In six or seven. 
If you believe that Cleveland will win the series, do you think that it will go to seven games or can they get it done in, in six? Which means they will win the I next four. Go to seven. I okay. think we'll go to seven games. So Boston will win one on the road? Yeah, I'll give them one on the road. Okay. Which means LeBron would win either three straight or four straight. Okay. Which is five. I think it's going to be. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not giving Boston a game on the road. I think he's going to lose every game in Cleveland. Well, he asked me. Mm. Yeah, my fault. My fault, Miguel. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> Thrown off tonight. Thrown off. Yeah. Um, Ellis, since you threw it out there, um, so you think that Cleveland will win both games? Yeah, I think they're going to defend home, home court. Hmm. And I think that uh, – it goes to seven, and they go beat them in Boston. Boston and lose. I think, yeah, I think they're gonna go back and lose uh, in Boston in Game Five, and then I think they win the next two games. Mm. TV, do you agree? I mean, you've said Cleveland will win the series, but how do you see this playing out now that Boston is up two zero? Um, you know, I, I think we, I pointed out Boston struggles on the road, so. I'm still stuck with Cleveland winning the series, and I think Cleveland's going to take these uh, next two at home. I'll say this. I think Boston wins game four, and I think that they go back home against a defeated Cleveland Cavaliers team, and LeBron does everything he can, and he gets no help, and they end this in five. Mm. I think I think I'm changing the – and it's only – it's simply because the backcourt has done nothing for Cleveland. The bench has done nothing for Cleveland. They will get the boost that they need in game three for sure. But Boston will figure this one out. I think they get game four. They go home and they, they, they close it out, man. I, I don't see any other reason that Cleveland could win this series simply because of what I've seen in game one and game two. And I think none of us, if it happens the way that we all project it to be, I don't think any of us will be wrong um, with that because we can, it can play out anyway. Just the way that Cleveland is. It's LeBron James. You can't bet bet off LeBron James. I mean, it's it's crazy in the Eastern Conference, but it's crazier in the Western Conference. TV. I'm gonna go with you first because Chris Paul is the better point guard right now. I hate to say it. Oh man, but he's the better hey, point guard. Man. And I, this man. is your guy. I I I, yeah. I I I said this today to to some, some buddies. I said I'm gonna pick a fight tonight. I'm gonna see if <laughs> if you guys can catch the bait. Chris Paul is the better point guard in this series. And Ellis has always been against Chris Paul and always cracked jokes about Chris Paul, especially when it's Steph Curry involved. But Steph Curry has been found on the ground. He's been picked with defensively. Everybody everybody has been messing with Steph Curry in this series, especially Chris Paul. And he's not even playing what we saw him do last series against Houston in the closeout game. So your thoughts on Houston and, and the Warriors, down the middle, headed back to Oakland. Oh, uh, that that would be Utah. His last game. Oh yeah, I'm um, sorry. It's Utah. My fault. My Utah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, Chris Paul's already been the type of player. You know, pass first, shoot second, and for him to go to Houston to where he doesn't have to really carry majority low and and having a player, he's never had a player like Jay, and James Harden. So that eases the that takes some responsibility off his shoulders. But you can tell from the 
from the time this game tipped off or the series tipped off, I mean, he's attacking. And it doesn't matter if it's Steph Curry. It doesn't matter if it's uh, David West. He He's attacking, he's attacking, he's attacking. And he you, you can tell he's he's confident. And uh, Houston has definitely have done a good job of getting the, getting the matches they want, you know, in ISO situations. I mean, Steph Curry, again, is, is a great player, but he's always been a liability defensively. And let's not forget, this man missed like 30-some games. And I don't know, it just seems like when it comes to postseason time, man, uh, I ain't going to say he's an afterthought, but it's like mm. if he has a bad game, it's acceptable, I guess you can say, right? Mm. But, I mean, thank goodness they got Kevin Durant, though, man. I will say that. Thank goodness, because game one would have looked differently in game two, definitely, when it would have blowout. I mean, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant scored, what, 40-some points and, you know, go to state one. And James Harden had 41 and Houston lost. And then it comes game two, and, you know, James Harden didn't have a good game, but Houston won. So it's like, well, damn, you mean tell me James Harden could have a bad game and Houston find a way to win? And it, it, it you know, it, it make it makes for it's it's an interesting matchup. I like it, but uh, you know, kudos to Chris Paul, man, doing the same. Mister Ellis, um, I mean, kudos to Chris Paul. Let's go ahead and give him some credit. Um, <laughs> he's played consistent basketball. Well, that painful playoff season. No. I mean, because I'm not, I'm not finished with my thoughts. But no, it doesn't pay me to to give Chris Paul credit, man. He's he's been playing phenomenal basketball uh, for Houston this this year, and then importantly uh, in the playoffs right now. So, kudos to Chris Paul. Um, it sucks, and I can't make excuses. Um, I think that he is performing better in these first two games than you know Steph Curry, um, and I think Steph Curry is you know trying to find his rhythm. He's coming back in playing some of the some of the best, highest and best level competition. So, you know, he got to step it up. Um, he is a bit compromised. Uh, it sucks that, that tends to be the narrative with him, but he, you know, he has been injured. Uh, one could say the same thing about Chris Paul too. He's been injured, but you know, going into the playoffs, he was in a good rhythm and hasn't missed any time. Um, so he, he he missed his his time when when in all honesty, you should in the middle of the season where where you can actually get away with it. So um, I would like to say that um, the Warriors themselves, I think they just both teams flip-flopped in regards to the level of effort from game one to game two. But I think Golden State did what they're supposed to do. You're the number two seed. You don't have home court advantage, and you, you, you took a game um, from Houston. So I think this still works out well for Golden State. And um, we've seen them kind of drop a – dropping a goose egg against, um, I want to say, the Pelicans for a game where they just got stomped out. Um, and it, it felt a lot like that yesterday, Watson. It didn't seem like Houston was a better team. I think some of, some of Houston's role players stepped up, and I, I don't see that happening when they have to go on the road and be a, be an oracle. I think they got a good a good boost from their home crowd. And I think ultimately, too, the, the Houston State are not changing who they are. And in my opinion, you're going to have to because, you know, that, that, that one-on-one isolation ball is not going to work when, it, you know, you're playing against a team that has six, seven dudes that can score and don't mind passing the ball to the hot hand. Um, I think that it's only so much that that isolation game can really do before it catches up to you. So, uh, But tip your hat to Chris Paul, man. Amazing series, amazing two, ga- uh, two games, actually. 
Um, and they walked away with a speak. It's time for uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors to, to do what they need to do at home when they get their crowd behind them. I will say this is very interesting when you say, uh, you know, they, they walked. Chris Paul barely walked because he was left with his ankle iced because he was limping probably five minutes in the fourth quarter, took him out the game, had him iced up. So hopefully he's good to go for game three. They're going to need him in this series for sure. Um, when you look at this, this series, though, fellas, and, and McGriff, jump in here. Trevor Ariza was in foul trouble in the second – in the first half. He had five fouls before the second half even started. And he played exceptionally well in game two. Gave him 13 points. Uh, I believe, like, three rebounds, a couple of assists, few steals. He was a defensive prowess on the court and really was hassling everybody. Not just one. Um, Jalen Rose would tell you, and I watch him a lot in the morning – and he'll say Kevin Durant was an equal oppor- uh, equal something uh, opportunist or something like that. Uh, employer, equal employer. Something, I don't know. Something stupid. But equal Trevor opportunity Ariza, employer? There, there you go. Thank you. Sorry. What Kevin Durant is doing to everybody for the Rockets and scorching everybody, Trevor Ariza was locking everybody down in game two. So with Trevor Ariza being that X factor, we talked about what our X factors are going to be. What's going to be the factor moving into game three, game four for Houston, and maybe what's going to be the X factor for uh, for Golden State? And anybody can jump in. Um, I think that uh, Golden State finally being healthy again is going to be that definitely their X factor. Um, like we were missing <clears throat> missing them for a lot of uh, a lot of the season. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, having him back is uh, definitely going to be the X factor. Having having Steph Curry back? Yeah. I mean, I I hear you. I think the biggest thing that I'm seeing, though, he's compromised. So I I really hope that he he gets about three days to get some rest. What do you mean by that? I mean, he's rusty. I mean, you know, you're coming off of a knee injury, and right now it's not the time to really be, you know, coming off of that type of injury, but it is what it is. I mean, this happened last time when he went into – he went in there with Cleveland, and he was compromised, and they lost. So I think there is a level of vulnerability there um, in regards to what we're seeing from him. He's three for, like, 18 right now from three ball against Houston. So, obviously, I, in my opinion, he doesn't necessarily have his legs fully. And, you know, as a jump shooter, you know, that you, you can see the rust from being off all this time. So I, I think I hopefully he can shake it off, but I, I think that we still have to monitor and and keep in mind that he's coming off an injury. Two for 13 on the, I think, the field. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I mean, they're, they're really – I mean, the, the, the whole purpose of bringing in Durant is for this this time right now. Knowing that Steph Curry has he's injury prone, let's go ahead and call it what it is. I love him to death, but he's injury prone. So you know this is Kevin Durant's team at this point in time, and so far he's done what he needs to do. So I think they need to be they need to get better defensively and continue to to, to run their offense through him, which they've done. So and I and and hope that Steph Curry can get back to to full health and that he's he's ready to go and ready to give them a lift. Um, He's still a decoy, but I think with this particular team, the, the amount of talent that Houston has, he can't just be a decoy. He was able to serve his purpose against um, the Pelicans, um, against the 
teams or the likes of a Houston, he's going to have to actually play some ball, and he hasn't done so so far. Super 13 at the three-point line. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Two and for 13, and, shooting threes, yep. um, not getting to the yep. free throw line. Um, yeah, yep. Steph Curry Steph Curry's not looking good. But we're not going to act like Clay Thompson is, is going to get a pass. I mean, I, I get it, 18 points, three, three uh, rebounds, two assists, two steals. Defensively, he's there. He's doing what he can. But uh, we're going to act like – we ain't going to act like Clay is exempt from this conversation because he's not playing well either. And Kevin Durant, just like just like LeBron. That. That's game two, he didn't play well. Game one, he lit them up. He's the second leading scorer in game one. It's behind uh, average, Durant. He had 27. Average, average right now, he's only averaging one point better than Steph. Steph Curry has more rebounds than he does, and he has more assists than he does. Defensively, Klay Thompson has been a better defender than Klay Thompson. I mean, than, than Steph Curry. But overall, game, game one and two combined, they're the same player. And he's actually shooting worse yeah. than Steph is overall. Steph is shooting forty-four percent. He's shooting forty-one. He's being asked to do more, though. I'm fair he's enough. Being asked to do more because he, he he's taking on the defensive schemes that that uh, Steph does not have to. So I mean, that's kind of what we you know you see that too. If you, if he's, you're a great two-way player, but you know sometimes that will weigh on you if you're going against the likes of a James Harden on top of trying to find your game offensively. So. I'm not giving him a pass. Like I said, they all have to do better. They were, they were a bit slow, and uh, mm-hmm. collectively as a team, they didn't play well. Um, but I, I will say, Clay, Clay, in the first two games, I, I've seen more out of him than I've seen out of Steph. And Steph has less responsibilities, in my opinion, right mm. now, as it's currently okay. set up. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. And just for the record, gentlemen, Kevin Durant has a total of six turnovers in both one game, game one and game two combined. Steph Curry has three. Klay Thompson has one. Followed up by Kevin Durant and his six turnovers, Draymond Green with seven. So a lot of turnovers from this team. They need to do something because Houston's coming. TV, I'll turn it over to you. Um, we, we talked about who's going to win these series. If I'm not mistaken, you pick Golden State in six. No, I pick Golden State and um, I pick Golden State in five. Actually, okay. Do you believe that this could still get done in five? Do you believe that they can just that what we saw in Game Two is a blip? Golden State does this a lot. They're gonna clean it up Game Three and Game Four, and we know for a certain that Houston can be beaten on their home court in the playoffs. Do you believe that this is still over in five? Uh, I don't think it'll be over in five, but I still. I still feel like Golden State could possibly get uh, win this series. To me, in order Houston to win this series, I think Houston has to continue to play their type of their type of style of, of, of uh, basketball. And I know a lot of people not friend, not a fan of the ISO, but I mean that's what got them to this point. And also not thinking, but just attacking. You know, once they're on the fast break, just attack, just attack, move, and they'll be. I think they'll be good to go. But I think Golden State. Uh, Make some changes as well. So instead of instead of five, I think this game probably go, this series will go to six. I would definitely be surprised if it go to seven. I'll definitely be surprised, but I still got Golden State winning. Hmm, interesting. Okay, um, McGriff, I think you picked Golden State six or seven. I can't remember, but do you do you feel like Golden State could still win the series? Oh, sorry, I was on mute. Um, 
Yeah, I, I do still do think Jose can win the series. I think they're going to take it in six games. I got to disagree with TV on the five part. But, yeah, six games. Okay, fair enough. B. Ellis, I think you said yes, five as well. I said five. Um, I'm sticking to it, man. I think they hopefully – I'm not going to say I think they, uh, they've awakened a the sleeping giant. I think that um, they got hit in the mouth early. Um, so there is no level of comfort that's been established. Um, and I think that this is the time to be able to get, get this done because I think Steph Curry's compromised. So I think you need to mask that and shield that. And I think that they're going to, they're going to step it up. I think that, uh, Steph Curry's going to have a, a good game in game three. And then I, I still think that they're going to, they're going to carry their momentum to take care of both games at home. Mm. And I, I don't I, – I have to disagree with TV. I, I don't think you can you can continue to play iso ball. You've been able to do that all season because you're not playing – teams are less likely to pick up on your tendencies when you're not playing them back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back. You know, so that you've been able to kind of show up, everybody gets off, you know, and, and go about your business. But, you know, in a series, this is, this is chess. So if you're going to continue to have that same approach, you know, I, I don't think it's going to work. I mean, if it didn't Especially work, they won, the one, they won the one last night, right? They won the one game. So but I think still, that, if they if if they didn't stick to their you know their typical type of offensive play, they won the one, right? What I'm saying is, I don't think they stuck to their typical play yesterday. TV, I think they they got, I think their boy, I forgot his name. He had one of the best games ever. He had like 22 points. Um, um, I forgot his name. But he was, he are you was talking killing about the him. Sniping. No. Uh, are you talking no. about, oh, you're talking about P.J. Tucker. You're talking about P.J. Tucker. Tucker, excuse me. Yep, Tucker, excuse yeah. me. So I think I, I, I need to see more of that for me to be convinced that, that, that they're ready to, to compete on the same level as, as a Golden State. And that's what I mean where, they, in my opinion, they did change their ball yesterday. You had less points coming out of James Harden, less points coming out of CP3, and it was more so distributed to other players on that team. You know, and I think that you're going to have to – you're going to have to try to match that level of, of energy and that level of distri- uh, distribution to be able to compete with a team where, yeah, there's, there's literally four guys, or at least three. Let's put three dudes on Golden State that can score 25 a night with, with their eyes closed, with Steph, Clay, and Durant. On top of that, having two to three other guys that can give you 15 like that. So my thing is I think that's the type of ball that they're that you're going to have to see coming off of uh, Houston. They can't be two guys scoring well, 40 and, and 35. What I mean, but, but, I mean in, but last night's situation, I mean, it was a lot of open shots, too, and Chris Paul is known to find an open man. But when it comes down to their bread and butter, they're going to they're gonna have a lot They're gonna have a lot of ISO plays with James Harden. So, I disagree when people say, well, this team has to change up the way they play, because if that's the case, they wouldn't be where they're at today. I mean, typically when a team loses in the Western Conference Finals or even in the NBA Finals, that's because the team imposes their will and their type of gameplay on that team, right? True. And I don't feel like Houston changed their ball up that much, though. I mean, I I don't. I feel like they executed better. They were up and down. They ran much faster in game two than they did game one. Game one, they were flat. I mean, we could talk about the dribbles. You've seen the statistics, 550 dribbles for – James Harden and 547 between three players for Golden State. I mean, we can go through the statistics all day, but they did play iso ball. 
but they just moved the ball faster and they were up and down the court. Much, the pace was much faster for Houston. I don't feel like they took Ellis? I'm with you. I think that, um, again, you, you have to, like, if you want to beat a great team that's Golden State, you, you have to change your approach. And I, I, I that's where I'm coming from. I, I think they tweaked it yesterday. I know you're trying to say they still continue to play the ISO ball, but I saw that ball moving. That ball was moving. I saw Chris Paul driving and kicking it. I saw that there was a different, there was a different level of play coming off of Houston that they did not put forth in game one. And then ultimately, they, they, in my opinion, they changed how they've been playing all season. It wasn't just those okay. two guys being ball dominant because um, they were ball dominant in the game one. Both of them had phenomenal games. I think James Harden had like 45 points. Chris Paul had like 30, and they lost by like 15 yeah. points. So I, that's all I'm saying. Like, I, I think that, you sure. know, what they did yesterday, it worked, and I, I want to see them do it again. And, and I think that's the recipe to beat Golden State. Because, once again, Golden State, that's exactly what they do. They distribute the ball. Everyone eats. Everyone plays defense. And the hot man is the hot man, you know. So, if, if, if they, so far they have the talent to be able to at least be comparable to that. So, it's going to be a matter of who gets hot. And by hot, meaning which team gets hot, not which individual players do. So, that, that's all I'm saying. But, I mean, it's looking like it's going to be an entertaining series. I'm still – I'm going to stick with it, man. I'm going to take Golden State in five. I'm still going to stick to it. So I, think that, uh, I think that – I think Curry's going to out-coach him. Going to out-coach uh, Coach D'Antoni. Fair enough. So everybody still says five, Golden State. I, I say six. I, I, I say six. I, I want to jump on five, but I I, I was getting there, McGriff, but okay. I, I was getting there, but that that's fine. Um, McGriff and I said six, and TV and LSA game five. So we'll we'll see what happens when we get back on the air next week. Thursday, game five will be taking place against the Warriors and the Rockets. We know that for sure. The question will be whether or not Golden State heading back 3-1 or will it be split 2-2. So we will see. Um, again, we appreciate everybody listening in tonight. Uh, we'll be back on the air next week. Uh, we are wrapping up this this season. Obviously, once the NBA Finals is wrapped, we are concluding our season as well. So you don't want to miss the few episodes that we have left. So for C. Davis, B. Ellis, TV, A.A. Ron, I'm C. Davis. Have a good night. We'll see you next week. All right. All right.